Please uh, have a seat and let's get started. There's a paper that is being handed out. And we're going to, we're not going to read through this, but I'm going to highlight some things from this. And then Brian and I will be available to answer or say we don't know uh, to all your questions, any questions that you may have. Let's begin. Father, thank you. We praise you for the great privilege of participating in the mission of Jesus Christ in this world. Lord, why should we have the favor of so belonging to you and being associated with you that we could uh, be your representatives in this world, that we would be chosen to be the light of the world, to manifest the very love of Christ in this world through word and deed. Lord, that in itself is an astonishing honor and privilege that we've been given, we sinners who ourselves are partaking of this good gospel. Lord, we pray that all the more you would use us in your hand uh, to become all that we can be uh, by your grace uh, and, and in every way be used uh, to further your purposes in our lives and with each other in our lives in this world. For Jesus' sake, amen. Now, you'll see this, uh, purposely put the word campus on top, Uh, and throughout the paper, you'll see that we sometimes say campus and sometimes we'll say uh, church, and the point is to keep underscoring for you that we will continue to be one fellowship, one church in two locations, and at some point in the future, we do expect that there will be a full separation uh, of the two works, but initially uh, it's going to be this shared work. Some people call it a multi-parish model. Uh, now, you'll find in some churches that do this, they will, they will open another campus and they have a screen for the minister to preach from in that place. I will not be on any screen. You don't see one here, probably won't see one there, uh, for that purpose at least. Although, I'm not saying there wouldn't be a screen. So, those of you that think that's from Satan, don't go. Okay. No. <laughs> we, don't, we don't think that. We don't think that. Um, so, but, but just that's why the word campus is being used to try to underscore the nature that we're one church in two locations and uh, to underscore our, our unity in doing this. But it doesn't mean that we're not going to eventually, uh, by God's grace, form two separate churches. So one of the big questions is the question just of motivation of why would we be planting churches, period. Not just this church, but just why church planting, period. And you have some figures here of uh, what would it be if we have a vision of 20,000 PCA members in Fort Worth or 40,000 in Tarrant County. And just imagine how many church bodies it would take to have that. If, if, for instance, we had 40 churches our size, that's how many churches it would take, 40 churches. And then you start thinking, wow, that's a lot of churches in a lot of places if we're going to have that many people. And some have talked about this and said, you know, our alternative is to 
become as big as we can be in two services here, and that's it. And that's all we want. Some of us, I think, even have thought, maybe we could just stay one service because it's so much more comfortable with one service. So just about 450 of us, let's just stay like that. That'll do it for the PCA in Fort Worth. You know, you don't really think that's the best thing. But you kind of see the alternatives. Either we're going to plant and expand and keep trying to draw people to Christ and, and churches or not. And then you'll notice these comments by... Uh, Four paragraphs down, Peter Wagner, planting new churches is the most effective evangelistic methodology known under heaven. And then from a paper, and uh, if you would like this paper, Why Plant Churches, we can make it available to you. You can even send uh, Brian or me an email, and we can zip it right back to you, uh, and we can make uh, hard copies available as well. Uh, But there are some great statements in uh, this section on Tim Keller that I'll leave you to read on your own. But he just points out that every study shows there is nothing more effective to bring people to Christ uh, than planting churches. Um, So uh, at the bottom as well, if you want to look up our Southwest Church Planting Network, which our Presbytery participates in, you can see that website. And I'm just saying that we are trying to fall in line with our Presbytery's conviction by participating in the Southwest Church Planting Network. And on page two, at the top of the page, MNA's con- uh, conviction concerning church planting, which is given there that God, by his grace and for his own glory, will transform the PCA into a grassroots church planting culture. And that's what we desire for our church to have this church planting uh, culture, this uh, so critical, effective means of bringing people uh, to Christ. And then the second full paragraph under that, uh, we hope as well that not only will the new work win more people for Christ, but by God's grace, it will help us, this church, to be more committed to win people for Christ. To plant a church so that more unchurched people will be reached can be a significant corrective and call to our church to be about reaching the unchurched. And that is one of the things that uh, Keller himself says, uh, that the planting of new congregations is not only the single most crucial strategy for the numerical growth of the body of Christ in the city, but it's also the most crucial strategy for the continual renewal and revival of existing churches in a city. So we mustn't think of this as by sending a group of our our gracious and gifted people to another church that we're weakening ourselves. We believe by God's grace that this calls us and prepares us and equips us to be more than we've ever been before as a church. Um, Notice next that the stats show that churches at the 20-year level tend to reach a plateau. Now, by God's grace... At the 20-year level, we actually begin to grow, but we think let's throw more wood on the fire, okay? (laughs) Let's throw more wood in the fire by uh, even renewing our desire and purpose to draw others to Christ. I ran by this uh, figure, but in uh, page one, let me uh, mention this to you. The second number two of Keller there, when he's talking about new churches, best reach the unchurched period. 
Dozens of denominational studies have confirmed that the average new church gains most of its members from the ranks of people who are not attending any worshiping body, while churches over 10 to 15 years of age gain 89 to 90 percent of new members by transfer. This means the average new congregation will bring six to eight times more new people into the body of Christ. And he gives reasons in his paper for this. So, uh, this is what we want to be about, but we not only want that uh, church to be gathering unbelievers and unchurched, but us as well. <clears throat> then here are reasons why uh, near the downtown. Some are asking, why don't we go out west or any number of other places while not so close to where some of our people live? <clears throat> and You'll see here that our first reason is just because of that, because we have a solid base of members who live in that area. This is the most favorable way to begin a new work. Second, it's a great advantage to begin uh, with members who've had years of experience participating in our life, already having bonds of fellowship and a shared vision. This really puts the church a couple of years ahead of a normal church plant. When someone just kind of parachutes in, it takes quite a while, of course, for people to even meet each other, get to know each other, begin to form a fellowship, begin to form a vision. And in this way, we can uh, put people, so to speak, on the ground that have been with each other in, for some time and can be a wonderful working core to have a stronger focus on reaching out. Um, Third, the nearness of this campus means that we can give uh, several elders to this uh, new work. You can look at that point um, as well. We have indications there are many people who live, work, and play, number four, uh, in this area, who would be much more likely to attend or at least try a campus that is in that area. Now, we can say, well, it's easy to get down to our our campus. Why can't they just come here? Well, that's true, but people just don't and won't. And we will find that there will be many people who will uh, go to this uh, new campus that wouldn't come to this campus. And so that's one of the reasons we're putting it there. Then the top of three, um, speaking about the central presence in our city and how important we think that is. Um, And in the sixth place, while there are other areas to consider, this has our strongest potential and then can become a co-laborer with us in planting other churches. So we, we look to that day in the hopefully not too near future, uh, not too distant future, where this new church plant will actually be pouring resources and joining with us in still planting other churches uh, so that we can form a, a kind of a base with the two churches for other churches. Um, So then why Brian? This is pretty much the same as what was sent out in the letter, but you can uh, look at those again, why we've uh, chosen our brother Brian. He speaks for himself. You have no, you know, obviously. (laughs) Anybody would know why we have Brian. But um, then here are some of the probably more pressing things uh, of uh, the what uh, and the how. And uh, that is, what will the relationship be between the two campuses? Number one talks about uh, the unity of organization with session, diaconate, budget, etc. Number two talks about the common events and and common uh, life, VBS and women's groups and men's uh, meetings and things like that. So that's what that paragraph is about. 
how there'll be that full participation in these things, uh, at least early on. We think in the first couple of years, that's the figure we keep throwing around. On top of four, uh, we will have, of course, separate worship services, and we think separate small groups will be important so that new people visiting in each location can have a unique way to meet the members in each of those locations, okay? So we think that's the one thing uh, that will be separated out as small groups. Um, Then we, here's a little thing to give you an idea of what we're thinking at least about eventual separation. Eventually we think it'll be good and wholesome and strengthening for both works to separate in certain areas. It's hard to to say exactly when this would take place or what areas it would initially take place. We're always going to seek to act in the best interest and health of both campuses. Also, we're consulting with other churches where this model has been used. And as I said, we think eventually there will be a full separation, but we don't know exactly when. And, of course, along those lines, a key issue will be the development of church leadership. Uh, While a shared session offers maximum oversight, resources, and safety for the new campus, we don't want this to inhibit the development of leadership on that campus, okay? That was an early-on consideration with this model. So it's our hope that proper oversight of the two campuses will provide resources to stimulate the growth of leadership at both campuses among our men and our women in their respective areas and afford more opportunity for more people to participate in this leadership as they take on more responsibility. So then what, here's, here's another a pretty common question. What is our goal in the age makeup of the two campuses? Okay, And you may have a certain thing you think is going to happen in all of this. Well, first, we can't know for certain, of course, who God will draw to the new church and who he will continue to draw here. That's in his hands, and uh, that's up to his grace. But, uh, second paragraph, to know we don't intend for one campus to primarily be older and the other primarily younger. Okay, That's not the intent. Brian has said he doesn't want that. Uh, we hope that more and more Uh, young people will come to this and that campus, and more and more middle and older people will come to this and that campus. We think a healthy church has a full range of ages, and that reflects our society. We think it's been rich and good and beneficial for all of us, and we hope that that can be uh, reproduced uh, at the new work. So there's not this idea that that will be the young people and this will be the old people, though There would be some of us old people here, that's for sure. But we don't like to think of ourselves that way, right? That's why now any time I say I'm the senior pastor, I think more senior than last year, that's for sure. All right? Then here is a very important question. What will be the interaction of people between the two campuses, okay? Since we'll have uh, one membership... If any of our members are interested in trying out the new campus, they're free to attend for a time, and then if they decide that they don't want to stay, they can come back. There's no renewal of membership or anything uh, of that sort. Now, the reason we say this is we want people to have the freedom, if you are interested, to visit without thinking that a first visit is a commitment. You don't know that, perhaps. But we want you to have the freedom to check it out. Because you may go and think, well, maybe, but I'm not so sure. You attend and you think, you know what? I think God's calling me here. 
Or you might go, have an interest, and you attend and think, you know, I don't think this is for me. We, early on, we really want that freedom uh, so that we can fully uh, participate in that life. But, number two, this doesn't mean that a person can simply drift back and forth attending wherever he wants on a given Sunday, he or she wants. We expect every member will settle into one of the campuses. It's necessary for the shepherding of our members for clear responsibilities of oversight and care. In other words, some of these multi-site churches, it really doesn't matter where you go because you're going to hear the same guy on the screen or live in all six locations. So it doesn't really matter. You just may be more convenient this Sunday or a different time and you go to... That's not what we're talking about. We really are talking about after the early, you know, uh, participation and seeing what if, if some of, uh, of us visit and check out the other service that eventually there will be a, a solid attendance in both places and everybody will have decided where they're going okay so it really is uh, there really are two works and uh, even though there may be some checking them out uh, to begin with and then on page five Notice this. We're just trying to throw out some possibilities so that you kind of get a feel for how we've viewed it. It's possible that a person could first hear of this campus, initially attend here, and then because of where he or she lives or because of some other connection, decide eventually to attend the new. Or that could work in the reverse. Um, And as we continue in joint fellowships, worship events, and ministries, this will afford opportunities to meet people from the other campuses, and the Lord may create a bond that causes someone new to move in one or the other direction. We recognize that that could happen. And also, number four, that at either location, we may meet someone and see that their particular needs could be better met by the particular resources at the other campus and may want to connect them with specific people. So you see, we're really trying to love each other and care for each other and, and freely share our resources, not be stingy with each other, not be threatened by each other. Uh, we're really seeking to do each other good. And that brings us to this how. How do we deal in our hearts with this sharing and separation? And uh, we've heard from quite a few of you that this is, is difficult. Uh, as, as I've just said, we must not be threatened by each church's presence and ministry. This may challenge idols in our heart. Why am I here? Do I have a true concern for those who are in need and those who are lost? Is it my true desire that someone be ministered to by the gospel in a godly community, whether it is this campus or the new campus? See, that tends to examine your heart, you know, as to my true love of people. So it's a real test for our love, how important it will be to exhibit this love toward each other in this world that is always focused on me, mine, and ours. So difficult to hope for the good of others above that of ourselves. But this is the very love of Christ. Romans 15, Christ did not please himself, and so we're to please our neighbors for, his, uh, for their good And then, of course, Philippians 2, don't do anything from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's a wonderful call to us at this time, isn't it? Wonderful call. Look out not only for your own, but for the interests of others. And 
I might say, and I, th- I thought uh, Kay mentioned this to me as something that I think is important, that, you know, Brian and I are really trying to set the stage for that relationship with the whole congregation. I mean, I love my brother, and I have at once a sadness because I know some people are going to be gone, and at the same time, I have this great happiness that Brian's going to have them, you know. Brian and Jeanette are going to have them, and that's just a part of it. Sad that I'll miss some people, and yet overjoyed that those people will be helping my precious brother and sister with the gospel in that place. And I know I'm not, Brian's not leaving because he's upset, right? I'm not pushing him out because I'm threatened, you know. <laughs> None of those things are happening. We, we love each other, and we're hoping for the best of each other's ministry, and we want to see God's gospel flourish in both places. And so, and, you know, ministers, I'll say, have a lot at stake in things like this, you know. Guys that like to say, well, we have this many people attending, and then at the next meeting, you say, well, we don't have so many people attending our church anymore. But you have to be past all that kind of stuff. That doesn't matter. It, what matters is that we're trying to reach people for Christ. And so we're, we're trying, we're not perfect in this, but we're trying to exhibit even with each other the kind of relationship that we hope all of us will have in that regard. And, and along these lines, too, I think it's important to recall our vows to promote the purity and peace of the church, right? The purity and peace of the church. Um, And at at a time like this when there's flux and there's change and there's loss and there's the possibility of rivalry and threats and everything, let's pray and promote the purity and peace of the church. So uh, we acknowledge in that next paragraph... uh, Certainly, you'll be sad not to see friends you love. And so in that sense, you could say, well, I hope or wish that they would stay or go to be where uh, I am, right? And suddenly, you can't just suddenly not care about your friends. But remember these basics. Will they or we not grow in God's grace? Is that going to suddenly end because somebody's at a different place? Um, Will it mean that they or we cannot continue to be used in God's plan Uh, the fundamental question is, does God want to continue to use us all in both places in new ways in other people's lives? Could God be opening up opportunities for new relationships in ministry? Is God providing ways for more and more people to be gathered in by Christ and folded into the fellowship of his church in both campuses? These are those big questions to keep before us, right? Big questions to have as, as, as our guidelines in this, as our poll stars. And I think this uh, Jesus' words are so important to us. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his own life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And we hope that in this we're seeking to lose our life in a way uh, to gain it in Christ Jesus. So it is our prayer that we will joyfully give ourselves away by sending gifted and gracious people to gather others for Christ and that in this very sacrifice we will find new strength and fruitfulness in God's grace. 
And again, I would emphasize this several times, we pray this will keep Fort Worth Prez in more of a church planting mentality, more focused ourselves on reaching our community for Christ, gathering others in and folding them in. We pray that it will help us be more dependent on Christ, more aware of his mission in this world, and more willing to endure hardship for the sake of the gospel. Paul's words... I endure everything for the sake of the elect that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Obviously, our suffering is not in the ballpark of this one who was beaten and left for dead and unspeakable things as he described it in 2 Corinthians. Um, This is perhaps a small way in which we might endure a hardship to make known the gospel. All right, so this is a question that has come up, of of course, and uh, we end here. How should I pray about going or staying? What should be my reasons for either going or staying? Why should I go? Why should I stay, right? And our our session talked about this Tuesday night even. Here's some some overall context. Some will go, most will stay. That's an overall guide, right? We, We assume this will happen. And here's an important thing to realize we're trying to plant this new work with a healthy and strong core group. However, the purpose of a new church is especially to reach unreached people. And we can't say what the numbers would be, but a church could start with so many people that it might automatically feel comfortable and complete and just not even feel like they need to draw any unreached people, you see. Um, so the point of the new church is to populate itself with people who are presently outside any church. Um, so while we desire for there to be a solid, solid, unified, and stable core group, we desire for the new work to have an obvious need and desire to fill itself out by seeing others come to Christ, okay? And for this reason, we hope for what we say is a healthy number of people to go and to go realizing that they're committing to building a church by reaching the unchurched. Perhaps we don't know what the number is, not too big, not too small, right? Only God would know. We leave that in his hands. Um, And then secondly, as an overall perspective, there's a call to go and there's a call to stay. As we give away members to the new work, it will mean that many areas of worship and fellowship and ministry must be taken up in new ways by those who stay. By God's grace, more people than ever will own the ministry of the church at both locations. So, it's an exciting time for the new campus, exciting time for this campus. We want everyone to have a sense of forward movement in ministry and outreach at both churches. Even as we start this new work, may God grow us greatly in our own worship here, in our care, in our our love to the unchurched. So, in one sense, it's not as though some are going and moving forward while the rest of us are staying back and staying where we are spiritually, okay? Geographically, of course, but not spiritually or missionally. We all are moving forward to be used as God's instruments as never before. Those are overall considerations. And then we just lay out some things that you can read on your own. There is something to be said for simple desire. If you're interested, you'd like to consider it, please do so. If you're not interested, nobody's coercing you to do that. You're not guilty if you don't. You're not guilty if you go or guilty if you stay. We want uh, that to be totally be up to anyone. Uh, geography, as we say, may come into play. It may not. They'll explain that a little bit. Relationships will pay a, play a part in your decision. 
In some cases, it may be that you decide that you will be a part of some of your primary relationships. In some cases, you may decide, you know, I'm not going to be a part of some of my primary relationships. Uh, but relationships will certainly figure in your uh, discussion, in your decision. On the back side of uh, page, I just talk about how in the first paragraph that we must be open to new relationships in both places to be used by God uh, to meet n- new people or people that are here or w- haven't even met yet. Uh, and uh, so the last paragraph in that section, there are going to be various aspects of comfort and sacrifice in many decisions um, for many, maybe a mix of gladness and sadness, uh, but let's be glad in how God is using us in his kingdom, glad that his purposes will continue, glad that we continue to, can continue to be friends and see each other in so many contexts. And then, lastly, consider this, seeking to be used in God's mission. If you consider going, a central question is, where can my gifts and capacities or the gifts and capacities of me and my family be best used in God's mission in this world? Um, And so consider that the new campus will have this purposeful orientation in reaching unchurched people. Uh, And so it would not be good to go there not thinking at all about that and thinking, I don't want to participate in that part. I just want to go where my friends are. And I would say that's not a good reason for staying either. I hope that you're seeking to be a part of God's mission to reach people there or here. And uh, that plays a part that may uh, end up being different in some ways than your question about uh, fellowship. So, um, in conclusion, just these things, if you do consider going, there's several things to pray about and consider. Do it in peace and shalom. Uh, trust in him, rest in him to give him, give you his spirit to lead you and what he would have you do. Be confident, expectant, excuse me, in his provision for all of uh, your needs. And let's put ourselves in his hands uh, to know joy and fruitfulness in all areas of our life. So there's at least a little outline of uh, things to consider uh, as you think about uh, going or staying. Now, Brian's going to come up, and we'll try to answer any questions that any of you may have. We'll review the question first, and then we may say, no, we're not answering that. No. (laughs) Yes. That's a great question, Paulette. We, in some of the places we've already looked at um, in, that are existing churches that would have uh, potentially evening worship opportunities, some of them were grandfathered in, and so the American with Disabilities Act uh, didn't apply. And so it is the unfortunate reality that in some of those places they don't have facilities set up in the way that uh, they should and would if it were a newer facility. Um, there are a couple places uh, as possibilities that, that are uh, newer buildings and are accessible in all those particular ways.
Everybody hear that? You're looking to go in an existing church building or another type of building? Yes. Uh, yeah, the answer is yes to that. Um, yeah, at this point, we, we've talked to a number of churches, um, churches, some of which have uh, currently very small uh, congregations, where it could actually be beneficial to them to have another church meeting in their space at a different time and um, providing income for them in that way. Uh, there's also there's a place we're looking that that's not a church church building as well, um, and so I, I don't know that we have a strong preference one way or the other. The relevant issues, though, are I mean, a, obviously a worship space, but then questions of nursery and childcare are pretty far up there, which make a, an existing church building pretty appealing for that reason. It's ready made for that. So there's not a there's not a, I don't think, a philosophical reason for doing one or the other right now. There are uh, issues of convenience um, and location. Yeah, Doug. Yeah, the, uh, Doug's question was, have we had conversations with other churches in these areas, letting them know what's happening and then how we could even partner with them? Um, we've had, I don't know that since we've announced it, we've had those conversations. Um, I've had lunch with a couple of pastors in that area, learning some about their ministry, but it's certainly a desire of, of both churches to um, not think that the PCA is the only place that the gospel is going forward or to assume that God's not using these other churches in substantial ways. Um, some of the thinking even in continuing to plant, though, goes with um, some of what Darwin mentioned, that um, churches with different, different flavors, different denominational theological convictions are, uh, are reaching different people uh, in these places, and so it's an opportunity to participate with other people uh, in God's work in those places. Yeah, we see that as a real possibility. We've got more deacons in training right now. Sorry? Oh, yeah, the question, I'm sorry. The question was, are we, uh, we're sending some elders, are we planning to send any deacons? And we said, yes, that's a real possibility. We're adding, hopefully, in this deacons training, enough numbers where the deacons might could do that. So, yeah, we're, we're certainly not opposed to that. We're open to that as God would lead, yeah. Rebecca's question is, uh, what, what's the timeline? Uh, this is very tentative right now. So this is me, I was going to say shooting from the hip. It's not, that, it's not quite that uh, uh, unplanned and undiscussed. But I, June 1st would be the date at which we hope to have somebody here uh, doing my current job. That's the goal. And uh, we're in process of interviewing candidates for that right now. And they're great guys that are... Um, in the pipeline for that. Uh, at that point, my time would uh, go from 
my responsibilities here to exclusively to those of the plant. And what, what I envision would be a preview service in June where it would be an opportunity to invite friends to come see what it is that we intend to do and what it would feel like to do that maybe once again in July with the intention of beginning weekly worship in August, coinciding with the beginning of school, basically about the time we went to two services, which was about the third Sunday in August. Um, That is totally subject to change, though. Uh, Much of that depends on location and what their schedule will be, but that is... That's at least sort of an operating timeline that we have in place right now. It may get pushed up. It may be sooner than that, but that's, that's what we're thinking at this point. Doug's question was, what will be the financial obligation uh, or opportunity uh, <laughs> to, uh, assist, <laughs> to uh, assist in the, the new church plant um, versus M&A, which is our uh, denominations, its mission to North America, uh, our church planning organization. And then specifically for us, it would be uh, having a lot to do with the Southwest Church Planning Network. This will be a work of the Southwest Church Planning Network. And so, um, and Steve, maybe you could even speak to some of this, but um, what we're intending to do is maintain one budget for uh, at least a year, probably more than that, uh, because uh, the budget at Fort Worth Prez will obviously be impacted by those that go, and it's a question at this point as to how many will go, how that will impact giving um, at either place. Uh, We are and will be supported by the Southwest Church Planning Network over the course of three years. And, uh, and so that, that will hopefully provide some. And then, of course, the hope is to see people um, come to faith, become a part of the church, and then become active members in the church, which would mean contributing financially to the work there. That was a creative way of saying I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, Emma. It's great creative. Good question. Will this church continue to have two services? We don't know, because we don't know how many will leave. We don't know how many will be here. We're, the, the difficult thing is we're just on the cusp of that, right? We, we went to two services when we were more like 480 or so, went to, and, and then we've had, you know, 550 and plus for, some, for a while. And so we've had a little too many for one service, but. Uh, at the same time, if we drop, you know, in, back into the 400s, will we, look, will we feel too sparse in both services? Ricky Jones, who has had some experience in these things as part of the church uh, network, uh, was talking to me yesterday, say, don't do it. Don't go to one service. I said, well, what do you mean? He says, I'll give you 100 bucks if a year from now you're not bigger than you are now. <laughs> well, okay, I'm going to get that hundred bucks maybe, but <laughs> but he's just going by the things that they've seen at their church and other churches that there's a dynamic that can occur again and again. Churches that send people of of God restoring and giving them even more than they had before. So it's really hard to say 
Emma, you know, because we're just on that cusp of, of uh, will we drop below the 500 level or not? And so, but we will take that in consideration. We, we, will, we think there may be a sense in being one service where we kind of feel full uh, at that time, and it may f- make us psychologically feel a little bit better, you know, rather than looking around saying, golly, there are not many people here. You know, so we're trying to think through, you know, what's that even going to feel like? You know, uh, what's the best thing, the wisest thing to do as a congregation? So. Yeah. Assuming at the new campus, right? <laughs> the question was, what will child care look like? Um, the, uh, one of the great things is that uh, my wife is the nursery coordinator here and had some very specific requests as to what the uh, possible locations uh, could be in that regard. So the hope is that we would have uh, three rooms, uh, one for an infant nursery, one in the, I'm probably going to get ages wrong here, like two to four range, and then have the opportunity to do a children's church up through about first grade in the other. Um, We're still working out details of... uh, of how uh, we'll staff nursery, but the, the expectation will be that we'll have a lot of people rotating through to help out in the nursery and volunteer in that way. Um, so that's initially what we're thinking just in terms of the, the basic structure. Yeah, Tim. So did everybody hear the question? Is, uh, okay, uh, the question is, is there a number at which we would think not enough people are going, so we're going to urge more to go? Is there a number where it would feel like it's too much? And we're going to tell some of you, sorry, you can't. <laughs> and that, you're, you're uh, basically, uh, which kind of answers the question, I guess. But um, we're, we're really trying to leave that in God's hands and leave that up to his wisdom in that regard. Uh, and I don't, I don't know that we have any number in our heads, you know. Some people say, well, it'd be just right if this many went or that many went. I don't know. I, don't, I really can't say. Um, I don't want to be threatened by how many go, and I know Brian doesn't want to be threatened with how few go, all right? We just want to try to leave that up uh, to the Lord. Now, that's what we know by now, but, you know. Yeah, and regarding moving into the future and trying to have a better idea of who would go, the, the tentative plan would be that we would have a, uh, an informational meeting sometime in the coming weeks that's devoted more exclusively to those interested in the plant. And then to have a couple of those meetings that would be informational and an opportunity to pray together. But that would give us a more solid idea of who's actually considering it um, and trying to gauge interest. And we'll continue to talk more about having some kind of mechanism to determine in a more solid way, what that's going to be. At the same time, recognizing all that is in this paper, that there could be folks who think this would be a great opportunity for us to be a part of, uh, of this thing. We're going to go check it out. But then they realize a couple months in, this actually isn't a good fit for us and for our family. Um, and in the same way, there might be some folks that remain and, 
and then determine a few months in, oh, actually, this is something that we can and maybe should consider doing. So hopefully there'll be a more solid number um, for sure, but one that's still going to be in flux. Yeah, Tim, in the back. You're looking at the lone staff person starting off. Um, yeah, um, again, uh, in, in terms of nursery and children's ministry, um, my wife is graciously and excitedly uh, participating in all of that, necessarily participating in all of that. Um, but there, there's, there won't initially be any other staff, and... Um, one of the questions in terms of con- ongoing ministry and connection between the two campuses is that of youth. We're thinking it, it's, it, it's definitely doable to have um, mission trips, RYM, big events together. And I think it would be great if it ended up that if we were meeting on a Sunday morning that for the youth group, those students from, this, uh, from that campus could come here and participate with Jacob and his great ministry here on Sunday nights. Uh, it's probably of greater likelihood, just in terms of opportunity, that this would initially, we'd be meeting for an evening service, which would make that impossible. Um, and so that, that's a, still a uh, pretty big question mark. Yeah, Scott. Scott's question was: Would there uh, is there going to be are there going to be some distinctives mainly involving worship? Is what you're thinking? And, yeah, distinctives that that would really set this other campus apart from how we're doing things now, or will it be a carbon copy of what we're doing, but just with different personnel? Um, probably, uh, I would almost say neither. Um, I think that there will be a basic. The shape of our liturgy here will be um, the basic shape of our liturgy there, but that's not that unique. It's, we have an historic Christian liturgy, and, um, and so that will continue. Um, there, will, there won't be radical differences, at least in my opinion, in terms of music and things. A lot of that is still up in the air because it will depend on personnel and opportunities that we have there. Um, so I, I wouldn't... Uh, there could be a... Um, I think there will be elements of continuity and some of discontinuity. I think um, for people, here's a guess, from people like from the outside, there wouldn't be this, oh my goodness, sort of feeling, this is totally different between what's happening. I think from people within our church, there might be, they might recognize little things here and there, but no substantial, huge, radical changes. Over in this other church, the guitarists will do this. <laughs> That's just one thing. That's just one thing. Yeah, Beth. Yeah. 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 
The faci- would the facility be able to fit that many folks, is what you're asking? Yeah, best question was uh, defining the geographic area a bit better and then also to say um, the actual space, uh, what, what would that hold? Um, I, the general area we're looking right now is anywhere from about um, Clover, Montgomery, and Hugh, or uh, sorry, Clover and Montgomery and I-30 all the way into, that's kind of on the western side, all the way into downtown. Um, and so I don't, the target location I think would ideally be somewhere between like University and 30 and then over towards uh, Rosedale Forest Park and 30. And, uh, and I, I think the reason for that is that that can pull from a number of those particular neighborhoods without necessarily excluding people if we were to go to if we said, like, we're going to go near Southside Fairmont or something or to, like, West 7th or something that, that could be harder for families and neighborhoods surrounding to be a part of that. But to be at a location like University and 30, I think, could pull from, from Arlington Heights and from other neighborhoods along the I-30 corridor right there, as well as potentially folks, again, probably more likely along relational lines, who are in the West 7th area, who are on the near South Side and living in the Magnolia area. And then, in, and then in terms of location or uh, size, the places that we've looked at are roughly holding about 250 or so. Five minutes to the service, so we're going to have to cut. Um, we <clears throat> may have another meeting in the future just for general information, but any of you can call uh, any of the elders, call Brian, me, text us, uh, email us to ask any further questions once you close. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the great privilege of participating in uh, your mission uh, to rescue and redeem your people and to renew the world that you made. We thank you uh, that you didn't have to call us into uh, this mission, but you have and you've chosen in your sovereignty to, uh, that this would be the means by which this message of the gospel Uh, would go forth in the world. And we pray, Lord, that you would bless our church as we seek to be a part of your work. Um, We pray that you would give us grace as we work through these details and give us a great sense of your presence with us as well as a great sense of of our love uh, for one another. Uh, Preserve us, protect us, and we pray also that you uh, you would encourage us, that we would have great excitement about all that you're doing in our midst. And we pray this because you love us. We pray for the glory of your name and for the advancement of your kingdom and the upbuilding of your church. In Christ, amen.